Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is actor Bruno Amato. He hasn't been on the show for a while, so I'm really looking forward to talking to him. I know we have a lot to discuss, especially the writer's strike and then maybe some Trump news or something like that. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener funded and woman run. Visit patreon.com slash start me up to see the variety of tiers on Offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. Now please enjoy my conversation with Bruno Amato. Welcome back to the show, Bruno. Kimberly, it's been a while. <laughs> yes, it's been a while and it's just, uh, you know, I so enjoy you on social media not just twitter because i also enjoy you over on instagram all of your music i know and your that's to private isn't it the last time you were on i was like everybody needs to follow him but i think you said it to private <laughs> i know we have the same taste of music that's crazy <laughs> but it's so yeah. much fun and i get you just you drive me nuts with the fucking love of of california and driving because i miss it so much it's like oh my, oh my god. gosh that's right because yeah the last time um we chatted uh yeah i was driving and then i always like you know because i keep my camp like my phone up on that like thing near your windshield you know yeah, so i could like if somebody yeah. calls me whatever but also like when i'm driving it's like looks like the scenery is good i always like hit video <laughs> and then like i'll add music to it later unless like there's a really good song on the radio at that moment and yeah. i'll just like play it but yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> just it's so much and it's like you know just posted on twitter the other day ventura highway um, I don't know what is, is that the, the name of the song Ventura Highway yeah okay I mean I can't even describe to you the feeling that that song gives me it's it's, I know. it's so I don't know it like penetrates me deep I don't know what else to say <laughs> yeah no, I know it's so weird because like that um yeah I, I, I love like that song it just like brings me back like yes. to the you know the 70s and you know it's so weird like I actually saw it well so I, when I was in the Navy uh, in 1980, I was stationed in um, in San Diego, and me and like a bunch of my Navy buddies, you know, I was only like 18. Uh, we all went to this concert, and America was playing. Hmm. I don't remember any of it because I think I was like totally blitzed, you know, which I'm sure <laughs> all my shipmates were too. But but I know I was at a, an America concert, and so that's what that's what I could say. Wow, <laughs> that's funny. Oh my God. Um, Okay, well, there's so much to get to today, and as you know, we both know, it's Trump's arraignment day, so um, we're going to be talking during that, so we're both going to miss it, but I'm sure I'll see highlights, and there's, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to allow any cameras in there and all of that, but we will get to the Trump stuff later. We're certainly not going to talk about him first. Um, okay cool yeah 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 i know like yeah today's a big uh i mean you know yeah it's it's a big day and uh i don't even have my tv on but if you do that's good like no i don't i don't have it on so you know i mean it's like i as i told you before we started the show i'm focusing a little bit more on fun stuff because it's so i'm overwhelmed and i'm i'm just about to take a vacation at the end of the month so i do need the vacation and you know like Weekend, day in, day out, every day, I'm online. I'm doing this as one of my, you know part of my job. I'm a social media manager for Mueller. She wrote and or it's actually MSW Media, but 
still. And so I'm constantly in the news and it just gets to be so incredibly overwhelming. And I just, I need to have some fun first. So we will talk about Trump in a minute, but first I want to ask you, I mean, you were running, um, you, you were going to run for Kevin McCarthy's seat and then you decided against it. And I'm going to guess the reason why is because you saw internal polling or something that just told you that it wasn't worth it. Is that correct? Well, well, I mean, yeah, I was running against them. And uh, so just to like, you know, the started was uh, some people reached out to me, you know, about running against mm-hmm. McCarthy. And they, you know, I, I mean, look, it, that district is as red as they come. Yeah. So um, any, you know, the guy raises millions yeah. every time he runs and all this. So um, but the thing that they put to me was that they were going to do this redistricting, which was going to make his district more blue. So there would be a chance, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, especially this was like right after January 6th. So, you know, thinking maybe some people would come to their senses and realize that this guy was a traitor Mm -hmm. and, you know, and they'd be like, this guy cannot be in Congress anymore. Of course, the exact opposite. And then when they did finally, California did redistricting, it made his district even more red. Oh my God. So yeah. while I was running and like getting money from people and people were sending me money and this, I just, in all good consciousness, you know, uh, mm-hmm. me and my team, we just decided, you know, why are we going to continue taking money from yeah. a, a, a lost cause? I mean, I, I could have kept running and just kept getting money. And uh, so, so I, I ended the campaign and, uh, I, you know, unlike a lot of other people that run for office where they hold on to all the money that they mm-hmm. raised in hopes of like, maybe I'll, I'll run again or I'll start a pack or all this other bullshit. You know, I, <laughs> I uh, did all I could, you know, I gave back every penny that I could give back. So like, um, you know, I don't want to bore you with all this, but, uh, no, it's interesting. you know, the, you know, by uh, law, I was only able to go back 90 days from everyone that donated to the campaign and mm-hmm. everyone that donated within that final 90 days, every one of them got every penny back. Wow. And then like whatever was left over, I gave to, you know, uh, whoever was running at the time, Warnock, Beto, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these other uh, uh, people, um, of course, you know, Democrats and uh, uh, Planned Parenthood, you know, I just, I, anyway, when I left my campaign, there wasn't one penny left where a lot of guys, they, continue holding on to that money and they do whatever you know i i don't but i didn't so yeah wow that's a drag you know that it became more i didn't realize it became more red so there you go and that makes a lot of sense um yeah i I mean like his district became more red so the the two districts outside of his did become more blue so i I don't know if california made a you know a, a a guess that you know let's you know, this guy probably isn't going to lose his district mm-hmm. and uh, let's maybe help the other two districts that surround him. So, right. uh, oh, I not compl- yeah. uh, yes. Anyway, uh, that was that. Yeah. That's kind of fascinating. I mean, I wish we didn't even have gerrymandering. I know like, for instance, the state I'm in, we're gerrymandered, you know, blue. And yeah. so while you feel safe in a blue state, that's gerrymandered to a degree because California in the, you know, in the bigger picture is blue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, though, if w- when you look at the popular vote now, this doesn't always necessarily cro- necessarily cross over to the Senate and the House. But still, when you look at the popular vote, usually the liberal uh, presidents get 
or at least presidential candidates get the popular vote and it's always decided in the electoral college so i yes. as much as yes. it feels like it would be a risk because i know there are parts of maryland and obviously parts of california that are very very red um yes. but i think there's yeah. more blue i think there's just more blue and i wish we didn't have gerrymandering but you know whatever it's a wish <laughs> yeah I, I, I wish there was no electoral college because yes. then you know uh we would never see a Republican president, which to me would be a, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So, you know, just I'm, FYI, I'll probably be all over the map because I've got all kinds of questions for you, especially at the end where they're just totally random, just stuff that okay. popped into my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask Bruno about this. But um, first I want to know since you've, okay, we're going to talk about the writer strike in a minute, but yeah. Obviously, that's got to be affecting your work. But what have you been up to? Let's just say prior to the writer's strike, what shows have you been doing? What have you been doing overall? Yeah, well, you know, uh, last year for me, I don't know why. I mean, I'm getting older. You know, I'm in uh, I'm in my, oh gosh, I'm in my 60s now. So, um, you know, I don't know if like roles are getting small. You know, they're yeah. just uh, not as many. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the biggest show... Of course, I you know, I was on Yellowstone yes. and uh, that was like last season or, you know, season four or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I was really blessed to get on this show called Abbott Elementary, mm -hmm. um, which is on ABC. And it's like the biggest, you know, best sitcom and the longest, you know, time on TV. And it's just great. And I get to work with, you know, some amazing people. Um, and uh, yeah, and I work with this gal named Lisa Ann Walter, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, who is amazing. And she plays one of the teachers on the shows. And I just play like this, basically, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not on too often. But uh, when I do, I play like this vending machine guy that's <laughs> that works in the school and who has a crush on this uh, on this teacher. And, you know, and then, uh, yeah, so like our, our relationship is starting to get a little bit more uh you know, could we, yeah. we both confessed our love to each other uh, in season two. So, <laughs> wow. so I'm, a, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that I'm coming back for season three, you know, when all this stuff gets settled. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. So, okay. We're going to talk about this, but I want to, you said in one of your tweets um, that it's, this writer strike is really important and it's not just about the actors or writers. So could you just talk a little about, about why it is? I mean, it's unions. So could you just talk about that? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, so I, uh, you know, the, to me, like this labor movement, I think is, is, uh, finally, um, I, I think labor unions are starting to really get stronger and better where in the past, you know, it seems like the past decade or so they were weakened so much. I mean, just that alone that Biden, you know, became president, mm -hmm. I think has helped a lot, but, um, you know, I, I've been a union guy, uh, since the early nineties, I was a, a union iron worker for like 10 years. And then I got, you know, I got into acting, uh, back in like 2000. So, um, a little bit before 2000, but you know, I've been now I've been a union actor for 25 years. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, you know, so many of these big, um, corporations, uh, like, um, NBC and Amazon, Hulu, like all these, you know, these streaming things, they're just, uh, like why they don't want to share their money yeah. with the, the, the real workers in their 
industry that mm-hmm. like you know give them all the all this money that they make um i mean like people are just looking for like uh a fair wage like to make a living and and it's tough i'm telling you like in la i mean you live you've lived here so you know how expensive it is it's yes. it's not easy to make a living and i i mean i've been a luckily a working actor for you know the the last couple of decades mm-hmm. and i mean just like you know not famous not well known but like a working actor yeah. so i've been making a living but it's a tough living like to to try to especially like you know pay your bills when you live in los angeles yeah, or new york yeah. it's not easy so um yeah I, I mean uh it's affected me of course uh because when the writers were on strike um you know in solidarity mm-hmm. you know basically the uh, sag aftra uh is uh you know not crossing picket lines of course and um so yeah yeah wow wow i mean and i see you out there you're like you're practically out there every day and one of the things that i saw somebody said something about oh, i wish i could maybe it was jen kirkman she posted about the fact that i don't know somebody was getting pissed that the actors and strikers were actually having fun outside and she was encouraging people to have fun so what would you say is the you know the mood of the strikers well i know like so I, well i'm not out there every day but you know i get out there uh, often and i'm sure like once uh, i mean i don't know if it's gonna happen but I'm, i i have a feeling um you know that my union will go on strike too you know the screen actors guild and uh um, but like the the feeling out there is, uh, I would say optimistic, but um, still like all these people, you know, like now we're going on day, I don't, I'm not sure, day 44 or something of the strike. And, uh, you know, nobody's making any money. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, uh, you know, you still got to pay your bills. Right. And uh, so, you know, I think like to when a strike is going to goes on this long and, and when you don't know when it's going to end. I mean, to me to get out there and just keep people, you know, as happy as you can by yeah. doing different things, you know, a couple of the, the strikes I walked on, you know, they, they would have like, okay, today we're going to have like all veterans mm-hmm. uh, that are writers or actors, you know, like military veterans come out today. And, and, you know, they have like, you know, all these different like shows, maybe uh, like Ted Lasso, like, Hey, we're going to have all the Ted Lasso people. I mean, just to keep like the, mm-hmm. the energy alive and, you know, because just, you know, I, I was an iron worker too, where we'd go on strike and it was a lot different kind of strike <laughs> yeah. then because, you know, basically, we were like, you know, if you were crossing our picket line, we were banging on your windows yeah. of your car. I mean, it was like, you know, a lot more uh, intense than mm-hmm. these strikes are. But I mean, still the same importance. Are you seeing anybody cross the picket line? I know Kim Kardashian did. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, I, I, ha- I never have. I mean, like we see cars like go by, but like yeah. some of these people that maybe work inside the studios, like I don't know what their job is. Right. They could be security guard I, yeah. I have no idea but um I, I've, I've never seen anybody you know um <laughs> that that is uh well i'm sure if no writer or actor right. would cross I, I mean and if they did yeah uh, yeah that would Man. be kind of yeah. that would not be good that would not be good oh my god um that would, <laughs> that would suck well i i sure hope that this uh ends in a fair you know a fair solution to everybody because I mean yeah. actors are so I mean you don't with without writers you got nothing so <laughs> nothing. nothing 
I know. And, and you know, Kimberly, too, like, and I'm sure you've heard it. It's not just like the, um, you know, residuals, which mm -hmm. are, I mean, I've been doing this for like over 20 years. And like, I, I could show you, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you've done it. Uh, yeah. You know, I get these residual checks sometimes they're for 10 cents. You I, know what yes, I, mean? the, like, I got one yeah. for seven cents once. I mean, I know some people have gotten uh, like one cent. And I mean, obviously they're paying more for the postage just to send it and the paper that it's on. I feel like yeah. there should be some kind of like until it's a certain amount, you know, let let it go up to five dollars or something. You know what I mean? Because it's like, why well, send me a check for I know, seven but, cents? But sometimes they, they don't go up to five dollars. So it's, right. it's either that or they keep the. Uh, yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah. Oh, no, I have a collection. I mean, I'm like sure. literally a collection <laughs> of just one cent yeah. residual checks because I don't really want to bring them into the banks. It's like I'm just going to keep these as like souvenirs. I don't know why. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. But yeah. I mean, and I only got I only got Days of Our Lives residuals. I never get them anymore. In fact, I'll bet you that if I did get a residual, I don't even know if they can find me because my mother. <laughs> My mother was also on Days of Our Lives, and she was getting residuals, and she was like, you need to change your address because I can't remember why. And I think I did, yeah. or I did I did some kind of update, but whatever. Whatever residuals I'm getting are nothing, so I don't care. Um, yeah, no, but they, they have, like, a search thing where you could plug in your name and, like, uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, that's I, true. I forget. If it's Social Security or whatever. And, right. and, like, it'll search and say, like, hey, um, you know, we we have blah, 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 this much money of yours. Right. If you want it, you know, reach out to us or something. So, oh, yeah, I, there's, like, millions and millions of cents. dollars of, like, unused <laughs> residuals. I want my 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> It's your money. <laughs> I know, it's true. Um, well, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. Are you my patron on Patreon? I think you might want to check it out. Go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the different tiers and become my patron today. You know, I'll be your best friend in the whole world. I promise. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, you know what? We're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about Trump now. So, okay. Um, I, I mean, God, there's so much. You know, first of all, all I can, th I mean, Trump's been in our lives for a long fucking time, right? But for yeah. the longest part of that time, he was just Donald Trump, the tacky, gross ass millionaire who showed up in films on occasion. Um, yeah. Now, that escalator ride, he has been torturing and terrorizing us for the past what is it eight years now i think it's eight fucking years and yeah, yeah because it's 23 so uh it was june yeah june so it's been eight years eight years of torture and wow. i feel like today is is extremely important and what i what i'm gonna i'm gearing up to asking you something and it's 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 basically about the reaction but I mean, you know, obviously he's got this crazy ass cult who, you know, attacked the Capitol um, yeah. on one six. And I saw this guy last night on MSNBC talking 
and I, I'm a little confused. He's, he's an expert, but I don't remember his name. And I, I'm a little confused because I, it was, I think it was Chris Hayes. And Chris Hayes says something like, yeah, well, all these MAGA people have been seeing that the result is jail time, right? So that he, he, Chris decided that maybe because of the jail time that some of these insurrectionists got, it's, it's deterring them from you know, violent mob stuff. Like for instance, the last mm. time Trump was indicted, nothing major happened and there were small crowds and, 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 and Trump right now is inciting violence. They all are most yeah. of them. Most of them are Mitt Romney isn't, but most of them are. So this, this person, you know, was basically saying, I think he contradicted himself because he'd said that he, that he didn't think that the arrests really affected the MAGAs, but regardless yeah. of that because then what he said was that it's it, it it is now like especially with the fascism and the white supremacy and all of that so there is he said i don't think we can call them lone wolves anymore i think they are all connected to this bigger picture which obviously mm. donald trump is kind of the leader and you know so these mass shooters um, you know, whatever it is, these people who are, you know, the pipe bomb people, all, all the people who are doing any kind of political violence yeah. um, or, or gun violence, that they should be considered soldiers in this army of, and he said they've been shoved underground because of the arrests, but they're still there, they're still willing to hurt, but they're being more calculated and they're being more careful. And so my question to you is like, how... how um, Let's say, like, you know, how concerned are you about the threat of, of violence based in fascist white supremacy ideology, um, just in the bigger picture? Obviously, there's going to be states that might see a little more of it, but just in the bigger picture, how are you feeling and how concerned are you? Yeah, you know, I, um, well, first of all, I'm really thankful that I live in California <sighs> because uh, even though we got a, a bunch of crazies here too, obviously. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I mean, and plus I'm a white guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, like to, uh, nowadays to, you know, to be a person of color, know. you know, in this country where, um, I, 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 like the other day uh, I saw like there were all these Nazis, like, uh, with Nazi flags outside of Disney in Florida. Yeah. It's, it's I, I mean, like this guy, DeSantis, you mm -hmm. know, um, banning books it's like where this country is gone it, it's just um it, it's so disheartening mm -hmm. but the worst part of it kimberly is that there is not well okay mitt romney there is not one effing republican at least in congress right. in the house of representatives yeah. That gives a flying fuck about this country. Right. Not one. Yeah. I mean, if there was like, you know, a couple of years ago, there was Adam Kinzinger mm -hmm. and uh, Cheney. Cheney. Yeah. Now there's nobody. Right. They, I mean, literally their entire party is just, I mean, if they, if there was a video of Trump, like a, a video, like not AI, mm -hmm. real video of Trump handing money over to Putin or, mm -hmm. or killing some, like Fox News. They, well, first of all, they wouldn't even show it. So our country's just gone so like downhill, and and then like CNN, you know, they hold this uh, town hall, whatever thing for Trump. It's, yeah. I'm just so disgusted with everything going on. Um, but I gotta say, 
that this guy, Jack Smith, of all the, um, what I think nothing that has happened to these traders, you know, um, you know, for uh, this insurrection that took place, whatever, two and a half, three years ago now, that nothing's happened. At least I, I finally have this one little tiny microscopic speck of hope because mm -hmm. Trump got indicted, you know, well, now a second time, but like for, and, and th these to me are like the minor crimes that yeah. he's committed, like, you know, stealing nuclear secrets and having a, you know, his whole hotel in Florida filled with confidential. And, you know, I'm sure he was going to sell it if he hasn't already sold half of that shit to mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia and to China and to his buddy in North Korea. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm just glad that today finally, mm -hmm. at least he's going in front of a judge again. And will anything come of it? I don't know. Well, this is interesting because, you know, the judge that was basically her name is Eileen Cannon. She was yeah, assigned yeah. the case. I'm going to read this. This is from Joyce Vance. Um, but Mueller, she wrote, said new Joyce Vance just said on MSNBC. And then so it's the Classified Information Production Act, SIPA, that governs this case. So SIPA includes um, an immediate right of ex expedited appeal. So if DOG, DOJ doesn't make a decision by Eileen Cannon, they can go straight to the circuit. That gives DOJ not only the opportunity to appeal her substantive, I can't talk, substantive <laughs> de uh, decisions, but it also gives DOJ an automatic trigger to ask the 11th Circuit to reassign the case. Now, the 11th, uh, quickly, and a mm -hmm. different judge. So I know the 11th Circuit stepped in and overruled her uh, stuff in the past. So I'm Good. really not very concerned about her. So I'm like, you're not seeing my feed filled yeah. with outrage over that because I'm not really that worried about it. But when you say what can come of it, I mean, look, what's just not that I like the guy because I don't, but George Conway was I think talking to Joy Reid last night and he was saying even half of it's true he's getting convicted now convicted what's going you know I've been talking about this for a long time because I think that I, I always knew he was going to get indicted and I think you know Eric Holder said there's two more coming and I believe that that's yeah. you know there's the Fulton one and then the uh, insurrection so we're going to have two more indictments and that's going to be four different uh, cases where judges if he's found guilty are going to decide sentencing which I actually think there should be a panel. I think that there should be some kind of vote going on right now um, yeah. in, in the whole judicial world that because this is an unprecedented uh, a president is if, if he's convicted, I don't think it's right to have one judge decide the fate because you look at the judge that was in the Kyle Rittenhouse case and he was a yeah. fucking lunatic. And so, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so if you have somebody who's sympathetic to Donald Trump, I think it's better to have maybe 12 or 13, you know, you need a tiebreaker, so like 13 different judges. Um, and I would, I would really hope that they were appointed by a variety of presidents, so it's not just all Trump appointees or all Barack Obama, you know, so that it's fair, and then they decide what the sentencing, like they all come to and decide because, well, it wouldn't be 13 because you don't need to break it. So like 12 would be good. <laughs> well, well, the, well, they got to expedite this because, you know, uh, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Garland, you know, sat on his ass for two years and did, uh, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. these low life, uh, low level guys got convicted. But it's like this guy is still running. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how this country is still a country, but like this guy is still able to run for president and, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid, I don't know, some craziness happens and he were to become president again, then all of this just goes goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's Ooh. over if he were to become. So they got to expedite, like, you know, if the DOJ, like, I'm so glad that you read that because, um, it makes me feel a little better, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, but still they got to expedite this. I mean, this guy, he had like, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm really at a loss for words because I know. Uh, I know. It, it's so. I understand. I would have never in a billion. I mean, no writer. Yeah. <laughs> as good as these writers are, no writer could have came up with this shit. You know. I know, and it's like you know, I sound like a fucking broken record, but all the time I think about before. You know, like the before times when, yeah, you were worried about bullshit. I mean, and I'm not saying that this country was perfect and everybody was doing fine because clearly we had it it reminds me of Twitter. Right. Like before Elon Musk, there was still a bunch of shit going on at Twitter, but it was overall generally a good experience. People wanted to go to Twitter. It was positive. And yes, there were there was definitely inequality. There was definitely discrimination and targeted harassment and all of that. But like I said, in the bigger picture. It, it has now turned in Twitter has now turned into a cesspool. And I mean, there's still fun to be had on Twitter and everybody yeah. is still there, but it is, it, it is not what it used to be. Everything has Ooh. changed. And, and, and that's I think like whatever country. Elon did, like, uh, you know, like I used to see you yeah. all the time on I my feed. All, now yeah. I get all this, like these low light. I mean, I uh-huh. block so many people because I just don't want, and even the people I block though, Kimberly, I still see their feed. <laughs> yeah. So I don't get it. I don't understand. Like I, it's almost like he made it so like you could still like block somebody, I guess, from them contacting you or something. But like, I still see all their shit and I'm like, why, how am I seeing this guy shit? I'm going to go block him. And I'm like, oh, I already did block him. <laughs> I know it's just it's just it's all I'm I hate I'm so angry about the Twitter situation because it's just what used to be such a great site is now it is it is not a great site anymore and it's not going to be great even with this new CEO who's going to be basically Elon Musk but a woman and yeah uh, you know or she's going to go along with everything that he says so I don't know I mean you know I've got my I'm still holding on to spoutable I don't know are you on spoutable you know, I, I signed up for it, but I mean, like, I, in all honesty, I think maybe I, I may have posted, hello, is anybody there? You know, and that's it. I, I don't right. Know. Well, it, and it, I get it. And, because, post, yeah. and also post whatever that was. Right. Like I, But I really, I haven't seen, like, been there. No. Right. And the reason is because all the action right now is on Twitter. And the thing is, it's like, here's my concern about Spoutable is I don't think somebody like Ted Cruz or, or. I'm not, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, maybe I, yeah. I hate her and I don't want to talk about, it. but people like Ted Cruz lie. Right. So they could be careful and avoid getting kicked off of spoutable by sharing opinion as opposed to passing something off. That's not true. But if they go over to spoutable, they're going to get kicked off if they spread disinformation. So oh, therefore it is not something that everybody wants to join because all the people who want to lie and spread propaganda they're going to stay off the site and that's going to make it hard because part of what makes twitter fun at least for me is going and screaming at ted cruz that he has no balls because i know he's not going to listen to me but at least i can scream truth to power and it's harder to do you can't really i mean people disagree on spoutable but right now because it's a newer site 
And, you know, I know the app is coming. I believe this week he's getting the app for, um, what is that phone called? Not the, It's not the iOS. It's Android. So I think Android oh, is this yeah. week and then oh. iOS is Oh, Android. maybe that's why. Like, that's what I have, Android. Yeah. Well, and it's not, it, it, I think it's. I don't think it's happened yet because he would have announced it and I'm, I, I get the emails, but, um, so people are not, and most people are on, uh, unlike me, I'm on my laptop all day, but most people are on their phone with Twitter. Yeah. And so yeah. I think with spoutable, it'll be easier once everybody's on their phone, but you know, I don't oh, that, know what that could be. Maybe that's why, like it didn't real, like I, you know, like I, I would always see like people saying, Hey, like fuck Twitter. Like there's this other thing. And then I would go and I, you know, it kind of looks good, and um, but I don't know. Like, it, I just guess I've been on Twitter so long. Uh, I mean, of course, they took my uh, blue check, yeah. blue check mark thing, and I wasn't gonna give Elon right. whatever is like Elon Musk any money um, for the. Actually, to me, it almost I don't know. It's just uh, I don't don't really need it. Yeah. Uh, I just I just wish like that things were different where like people like you like pop up my, uh, pop up on my feed more like yeah and then so many times like people reach out and say hey bruno where you been and i'm yeah. like where have i been i've been here why and they're like oh i haven't seen any of your uh, tweets in like months i'm like yeah. that's weird i know and, i know the, yeah. the people that i used to see and follow all the time i mean there's a little bit that i see but it's totally different and you know what the whole friends and for following and for you tabs it's the same shit and and i yeah. know this because i'm a social media manager and i'm constantly looking for yeah. you know content so like when i'm over on msw media and i click on following and i start looking through you know i retweet and i engage and then i go to the for you and it's the same fucking tweets so it's not any different right oh guy just fucking and i just gotta say like you know your podcast um You've been having some, you know, besides not me, but oh, you've been having on some great guests. Oh, like, thank you. you know, like, because sometimes I think on Instagram, you know, that's when I, I think I somehow mm -hmm. see you more on Instagram than I do on Twitter. Yeah. Like, you pop up more on Instagram, whatever. And, um, you know, like Brian, Karen, like, you, you have you have some great guests on. Thank you. Well, Brian was yeah. fun. And, you know, and that's what? Why, like, when you reached out to me again after, you know, it's been a while. Yeah. And I think you, you did reach out to me, like, sometime after i uh ended my campaign and i was just like not in the mood to like yeah. go into all the bullshit and <laughs> and uh but um as soon as you reached out i'm like oh all right i feel pretty good because like you was reaching out to me like she's having on all these good guests having me on all right no <laughs> you're fun you've week. always been a fun guest and i love brian Karam. and I, I i love i mean i don't know if you're including him but I just fucking love Simon Rosenberg. He was, I don't know if you followed him oh, during yeah, the election. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's just so, um, I don't know, he, you know, he keeps complimenting. Every time he's on my show, he always compliments me about my optimism, right? Because that's what we always talk about, because he holds yeah. on, and I, I like that. That he's optimistic and then he'll he'll say something really nice about me and and say something like you know yeah Kim, kimberly tweets all this optimistic and i'm like <laughs> i'm like telling ted cruz he has no balls and i just feel like oh my god i hope he's not seeing those tweets but um <laughs> he's such i just love him but yeah and and oh my i'm so excited because um and this i've talked about it on my patrons only show but in october Brian Karam is going to be, you know, he 
plays rock and roll. He sings in a band. Yes. And, yeah. Um, which I think is fucking awesome. And so he's awesome. He's a good dude. Like yeah. that guy. Yeah. He's very fun and he's different. That's what I told him. It's like he's he's my favorite reporter because he's just he's kind of badass oh, yeah. and he's funny and anyway. So um, he's going to be playing in October. He lives close to Bob and me, and so I was thinking, you know, Bob is on step. I'm off. I'm also on Stephanie Miller, but Bob's on every week. And there's yeah. like she has the most loyal following. And so there's a bunch of them, a bunch of Stephanie Miller people who live in this area. And I thought, oh, my God, it would be so much fun to like get everybody together, which actually takes me to another um, thing, because that's going to be in October. And yeah. I've got a wedding that I have to be in in August. So I'm trying right now to I'm still being really cautious because of covid but like yeah. I still wear my mask in the grocery store, although I have gone out to dinner without a mask and all that. But yeah. I, I do want to ask you this because it's like what I'm seeing, you know, I'm going to if I go to a club, this will be if I go to a club um, like a bar and mm -hmm. dance and stuff. I haven't done that in so long, specifically because of COVID. But even be, but then I got old, you know, I used to go out and, and go to clubs when I was younger. And then you get older and you're yeah. like, I don't want to yeah. do that anymore. But now I just I've you know, I have been really cautious this whole time and I'm all vaxxed up. I mean, I don't have the absolute latest because I'm not 65, but um, I got five yeah. shots altogether. So I'm, you know, I will take the risk and go party, but I'm just, you know, I see people every day are just like, fuck it. I'm not wearing, are you, are you, are you wearing a mask anymore? Or do you just say, you know, I'll take the risk. I've been vasked and I'm good. So in all honesty, like I, you know, I was very careful for years and years, you know, always masked wherever I went. Uh, you know, I've gotten all the, I, I forget, like I lost count, maybe like facts four times, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, whenever I would, um, you know, land a part on a show, of course, mm -hmm. uh, they, you know, they'd make sure you get uh, tested yeah. and that, you know, I've and, and I don't know about you, Kimberly, but like, I personally um, have never yet had COVID and I, I either, assume yeah. it's because I was careful for yeah. years and, and I got all that stuff, but like everyone I know, I mean, literally almost yes. everyone except my, I think my younger brother has had COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't had it. And, uh, but as, as to your question, do I still mask up if I'm on an airplane? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like lately out in, and I mean, even up until like, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was still going to the gym and wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So like now I haven't. And of course, like, um, I don't know. I don't find myself like in, you know, situations where like I'm in, inside mm -hmm. of a packed bar or whatever, yeah. where there's like a ton of people. And I mean, that's why like I wear it on a plane because like right. I'm in an enclosed area with strangers and I don't, I don't want to be breathing, you know, yeah. whatever they have. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and you know what? I think that regardless of COVID, one of the things, I mean, I literally, I, there have been, there's two reasons why I haven't been sick because I, uh, since COVID, I haven't been sick, but yeah. I have the, the last cold that I had was in 2018. And before that I hadn't had a cold since I th or been sick, I believe since 2014. And the reason yeah. is because I had quit smoking in 2014. And so it's interesting because prior, I used to be a smoker, like a fucking idiot. But um, when I was smoking, I used to get sick a lot, mm -hmm. like colds. I catch all the colds. And yeah. it's so funny because now I just don't. And I've, I've found, and I've talked about this on the show many times, so I won't go into it too much, but I swear to God, 
uh, that it's odorless garlic, and I think it's called Nature Valley. It's in the green bottle with the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, you take that. I take especially if like here, here's exactly why I know that it works. I, I know exactly what you take. Like it comes in a box and like those tabs and like you pop them out. No, 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 no. This is just. I think it's called Nature Valley. I'm not sure, but it's like a oh. green a green bottle, and it's just little. Um, yeah, those little garlic uh, tap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're like what are they called? Those um, they're like oil. You know, they look like little oil things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I know what you mean. I can't think of what they're called, but uh, and they're tiny. And so basically, that particular brand does not give you that it is odorless. Like you could take right, it literally right. on an empty stomach, and you're not going to burp up the smell of garlic or anything. And <laughs> so what I so twice. You know, Bob was sick. My boyfriend in 20, I think it was 2017, he was really yeah. sick. He had a fever. And and then another time I was visiting my dad and stepmother. Both of them had fevers. And I mean, I caught everything right now. I was on a smoker then. But I mm -hmm. would take three to four of those garlic pills uh, maybe every three to four hours. I never got sick. So yeah, well, I garlic, that's like one of those that. things that have been around for yes. centuries that people, you know, uh, totally – yeah, it's it's anti it's antiviral and antibacterial. So and it's good for um, lowering your cholesterol. Yes, yeah, it's so yeah. good for you in so many ways. And I did read a study that it helps with COVID. So I'm not sure. I think it helps with preventative, but I'm not. I can't remember if it was yeah, about yeah. people who had it or what. But so you know, when I whenever I'm gonna go, like when I go to the wedding. Or when I go, you know, out to dinner, I'm just going to be popping a bunch of uh, garlic pills because I figure, why not? You know, I mean, I take a few every day anyway, but I up it when I feel yeah. like I want to really get some. Well, I mean, I know COVID, like people are still getting sick from COVID, but, you know, nothing like what right. it was. I right. mean, like it's it seems to me like I don't hear, you know, numbers of, oh, my gosh, like today, yeah. I don't know, thousand people died of. I, I mean, unless it's just like more quiet now but like i i know that seems people like aren't dying i don't really hear it. much about it anymore. no and for me it's I, I mean if it were just if it was like the flu i really wouldn't care but the thing yeah. that scares me is that what's going to happen in five years and right. what they're saying is you know like if you have issues this this might advance them and whether it's heart conditions or lung issues or whatever um, yeah. or stroke issues you know it's like it might have been there, but COVID raced it along. So I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it's a risk and it's never going away. And I'm at the point now where I just can't fucking take it anymore. I've been hiding, you know, I've been hiding away from the world because I, I was on estrogen and I gained a bunch of weight. And so when COVID, and it was not food, I just have to say it wasn't because I ate too much. It was fucking estrogen. And it's some damn hormones, you it's know? Damn, and it was like 30 pounds. It's a lot. And, you know, I used to be an actress. And so I'm vain. <laughs> and, and, and I don't. And so I was, you know, COVID gave me an excuse to hide. You know, I didn't have yeah. to go anywhere and I could just hide. And I was, and I was, you know, I I went off of the estrogen, and right now I'm on that path to losing weight, and it's fucking slow because I'm old, and you know. And no, I'm, you're not old. You well, know, you I, know, Kimberly, like you know, going back to the writer strike, <laughs> the one, if you want to say, good thing about it, if there is any, is that I get I get my steps in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like sometimes, like I didn't even realize it because, like, you're kind of like walking back and forth yeah. and blah blah blah, and like. 
you know, sometimes you're shuffling along because there's, you know, maybe a lot, lot more people. And then I, I was like, I'm going to check my like pedometer thing on my phone. And I was like, whoa, 13,000 steps. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. See, I don't do that. And I've been doing though, you know, it's just been crazy. And I'm sorry for all the people that listen to my patrons only show. Cause I just fucking go on about it. But, um, I've been incorporating strength training, which was something I really did not want to deal with. And the reason I didn't want to deal with it is because I don't go to a gym. I fucking yeah. hate the gym. And so um, that's pre-COVID. I've always hated the gym. So I just yeah. knew getting involved with strength training would be difficult when you're working on at home. And fortunately, Bob strength trains and he does go to the gym, but he's got like a home gym. So I just have yeah, borrowed some of yeah, yeah. yeah. So I borrowed some of his weights and I've, I'm up now to... 15 pound weights which sounds like nothing but oh my god i could barely even lift it when i started and now no, i'm that's like good that's so, no I, I i well especially for like i mean you're not as old as me but like when you start getting older mm -hmm. yeah i mean that i think is uh I, I was never into cardio but like um i was always into weights mm -hmm. and of course as i've gotten older like you know i've got some shoulder problems some back problems mm -hmm. but i still you know and now i have um i got like a, a setup at my uh house where like um you know i could do pull-ups i could do uh you know a bunch of so many things you know yeah. i got cables i got all these things i could do so it really helps and it is this way like yeah. if you don't feel like going to the gym it's right there it's right there and you know but it's yeah. funny because i remember when i was like 42 i i went to lose weight right and so i i incorporated for the first time weights which were just five pound weights and i would yeah. say they were uh, just like 10 percent of my workout maybe even less and i hadn't been able to it's like i think i was like 38 and i had gained 15 pounds without changing anything it was just like high middle age boom and so i got a little heavier and i couldn't lose it no matter what i did as far as yeah. my aerobic shit couldn't lose it so then i incorporated weights and then finally it came off right but i wasn't i hadn't gained that much weight so it took me like a month and oh my God, like when I, when I would make a muscle, you could really feel my muscle. Now I'm going to be 55 and the majority of my, of my workout is with 15 pound weights and my muscle is so pathetic. <laughs> it's like, it used to be so hard and now no, it's just 15 so pathetic. That's, that's good. Yeah, I, it is good. And, and I just bought 20 pound weights because the 15 ones are starting to get to where it's like, all right, they're not easy, but I could actually, there's a few moves that I'm doing, but I'm, but so I'm not getting steps in per se, like walking steps, but I am, I'd say like for the most part, like at least five days a week, I'm doing several spurts of working out for 20 to 30 mm -hmm. minutes at a time throughout the day. That so, is awesome. That yeah. That's to me, like, that's all you need because, yeah. you know, it seems like when you get older mm -hmm. uh, and some people have jobs where like, you know, they got to sit all mm -hmm. day or whatever. And it's, and then to come home after you've been it's sitting hard, all yeah. day and, and racking your mind and brain, you know, mm -hmm. doing whatever in front of a lap uh, computer screen or it's not easy to come home and, and then to work out and, so, and, and to get up early before you go right. to work to work out. So it's great that you have, you know, having something at home, yeah. like even if you do like, 15 20 minutes a day yeah it's so good it's so yeah. much better and you know what i'm doing just out there for anybody who's interested um i'm listening to some woman who's got like all these credentials in uh, I, I like master's degrees and stuff like that in diet nutrition all that and she said if you start your day so this is what i've been doing she said do it three three to four days a week i probably do it five to six but you 
do hit exercises so high intensity interval training on an empty mm-hmm. stomach and for like 10 minutes so you just what i have like that portable stair climber it's just a little one and so yeah. I, I get on the stair climber for about 30 seconds and i give it my all and then i you know kind of like rest for 30 seconds and then just repeat that for eight to ten minutes and she said that that's a really good way like to start your day and get all of it going so you know i'm, I'm literally doing everything i can and basically yeah. living like a diabetic because i'm realizing that i might have been <laughs> insulin resistant and so i'm watching my blood glucose and i'm doing all of that so it's funny to me that you know I remember when I first was started struggling losing weight as I got older, I would yeah. hear from a lot of people, calories in, calories out. And it's like, no, it was that way when I was in my 20s and 30s. Now it's not like that anymore because I can right. go way low calorie and fucking gain weight, especially when I was on um, estrogen. Because I, mm-hmm. I learned that estrogen actually creates fat in your body. So yeah um, no I, I i to me I, I think what you're doing is like the best way to do it like just to have especially when you got it at your house like you yes. know even those bands you know which yeah. i think are really great you yeah. know the you know you know what i'm talking about yes. like the bands the that have like the handles bands. and you could yes. do like so many exercises with uh, them and dumbbell like if you got a, a a good set of bands and some dumbbells yeah. oh my gosh you could do so much stuff <laughs> well i have to get into a dress on august 18th that is really meant for a woman in her uh, 30s you're fine. So... <laughs> what are you talking about? okay so <laughs> enough about me um <laughs> uh, you're the one on the show and i'm just talking about me but okay but i know i see you're all fit and everything and i know you're into uh you know training and all that stuff well, so. i wouldn't say all fit but for like my age <laughs> like i i, I feel pretty look, good you look like, really you know, fit to me yeah yeah you look really fit i'm um, up there i'm getting up there <laughs> and yeah, you but... look so sad i mean i'm uh, of course you know uh treat williams yes that was oh, so sad i mean like so sad. Talk, i mean he was like 10 years older than me he was wow. 71 and then you know to see like his last post was like him mowing like this beautiful grass in vermont you know and and then a few hours later, like he's gone, you know, oh, just yeah. like life is so, yeah. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, I was, I, I won't go into this too much, but, uh, on my patrons only show, I like to talk about, uh, philosophy and the stuff in life that we can't see, which is actually one of the first random questions I have for you. But, um, and I, and I think about, you know, what happens when we die. And I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not getting into it. All I'm going to say is I think I kind of know. And I've listened to people who have gone through it, who have either been dead or left their bodies or whatever. I've listened mm-hmm. to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of these people just talking about their experiences. And so it's made me come to a conclusion. They have basically convinced me that uh, when our body dies, we don't. Um, and... So I think about, like, I was thinking about Treat, and I was thinking about, you know, obviously his family and people who love him and who are yeah. grieving, they are going through it. Um, but I think I think Treat is, like, awesome. Like, I'm home. Like still here. I'm ho- I, think he, I think we all go home. I think we go to back to who we truly are. Um, that's what I think. I'm not, I'm not pushing yeah. my beliefs on anyone. That's just sharing what I think. And so it's like, it's interesting because now when, when people die, I mean, it's not to say that I don't like, I feel grief for him, even though I didn't know him because he yeah. was such a cool guy. But I, but I also now with this kind of new way of looking at death, I think about the people who 
you know, I do think it's a correct term to say crossover because I think we just go into a different realm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's this, I don't think it's heaven. I'm, I'm not religious. So yeah. and I think it's, I think it's just going back to who we truly are, but we're not physical. And so I, but I think treat is home and I think yeah. that he's happy and I'm, and I think that he's glad because most people say who have been through this experience where they have either died or, you know, were in terrible accidents and they left their bodies. Some of these people say they can see their body. I mean, that fucking happened to my grandfather. He, he did leave his body and he saw my grandmother crying over him. But, um, wow. most of the, like almost everybody says they look at their body and they have absolutely no attachment to it. It's, it's like, huh, it's, they don't have any attachment to it at all. They recognize it as their body, but the, yeah. or the one that they used while they were human, but, but it's like, they don't need it. They, it doesn't matter. And like, obviously it's huge to us here, <laughs> you know, like when we're here, our body is everything. We, th I think we think we are our body, but I don't think we are. So, I mean, you know, all this to say that as sad as it is and, and treat was a wonderful actor, wonderful actor. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I my condolences and heart goes out to his family and everyone who loved him, but I think he gets to go home. So there's like, yeah. that's my new perspective on death is like, okay, it's sad for us, but for the people who get to experience it, you know, they're home. And so there's something yeah. kind of positive. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know him either. You know, I, I just knew of him, of right. course, you know, all his great work that he's done all these years. But like, uh, I agree kind of like what, what, what you're saying, because I, you know, I grew up like, uh, Roman Catholic, mm -hmm. you know, I went to Catholic school to like the eighth grade, you know, so of course it's all, you know, mm -hmm. you die, you go to heaven or hell, right. whatever, you know, but like my parents have both, you know, been gone for a while. Mm -hmm. And like, I literally hear from them every single day. So like, I know that they're still here. Okay. Wait, let me, wait, wait, wait. So when you say you hear from them, what do you mean? Yeah. How? Okay. So I'll just tell you for like a quick example. So, my father, when he was in World War II, he's in the 94th Infantry Division. So, nine four. So I have like I I have mm -hmm. his Infantry Division um, nine four like on my tattooed on my arm. Mm -hmm. I see nine four at least. I, I mean, like those are just two numbers, but yeah. like the number nine four together. Yeah. I see them. I'm not kidding. 10 to 20 times a day. Wow. And every time I see it, I say, I love you, mom. I love Aww. you, dad. Cause I know it's them yeah. just saying hello. And so like, I'll be watching the TV. It's nine 41 or I'll, you know, something it's, mm -hmm. or somebody will be like, Hey, uh, today, 94% of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. Can we like, like, no, 10 I to know. 20 times I a day. Know. I see, I see 11 all the time. I don't even know why mm -hmm. there's no meaning. I just see it constantly. Isn't it's, that something? It's so weird. I used to see 9-11 all the time after the 9-11 accident. Yeah. But I, you know, yeah. I, I've always seen sequences of numbers come up in my life. It's not always the same ones right now. It's either 11-11 or 11 or 11-22. I don't know what it is, but I see that all the time. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I do think, I think they're here and I think we're there, but I, because I think it's just perception. You know what? This is, this is the best way I could describe it. It's like, to me, it's like those, um, three, three D art where you can look at it. And when your perception, you, like one part of your perception sees it just as a flat picture, but right. then when you I adjust, yeah, 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 exactly. you Remember see those? This, yeah. And then you see this whole like picture. So I think it's our perception 
And, it, you know, I mean, there's a lot to it. Like I said, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I, I just, I have been convinced that's the best way to describe it because it's not a theory of mine. I didn't come up with this. It's what I've heard yeah. other people say. And it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And it just fascinates me endlessly, which is, which I was going to ask you. Um, I have some, I have like my little random questions for you. And the first, oh. my first one was, have you ever had a psychic premonition or have you ever known anyone that's predicted something that's happened? Oh, I got to think about this real fast, but uh, uh, psychic premonition. I got to say, I got to say no. Okay. Have you ever had any, what, anybody else? Has anybody else made a, like, any kind of prediction? Like psychic um, prediction, not political one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, like, I, I want to, like, say some kind of a story, but in all honesty, and plus, like, my brain is starting to go. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, from age, not from, uh, right. but, yeah, not that I can remember. Okay. And then oh, have you ever had any um, on the same topic? Like, have you ever had any dreams of people who have died in your life and come to, did you feel like you had visitation dreams? Oh, that I have a lot. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. That, those I have a lot. Yeah, like my mom, my dad. I mean, just even recently, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, like a lot of times when you wake up and you had a dream and then all of a sudden you kind of forget it. Like it, mm -hmm. it just yes. like it goes away from your memory. But, um, yeah, it seems like lately, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but like, yeah, I've been seeing like my mom and dad and, hmm. uh, and they've been gone a while. But like, you know, you're dreaming and it's like, they never left. Like, it's yeah. almost like they're still here. I said, and going back to like what we were just talking about, like, yeah. I, that's why I just feel like, um, when people leave this planet, I think they're still, wherever they go, I think their soul or their spirit is mm -hmm. still right there, pr like protecting you, mm -hmm. looking, looking after you. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I really do. And, and it sounds trite. And I know that a lot of people would roll their eyes at that, but yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's all individual. I, I don't like to necessarily push my belief. I, I certainly never want to push my beliefs on anyone, but I, yeah. I love listening to what other people think and, and, and how they see things, you know, because it's like, I mean, we're all here and there is something that we can, there is something to this experience that we can explain. And mm -hmm. things happen and whether they're hunches or like, you know, the seeing of numbers and, and sometimes, yes, you can write it off as a coincidence and other times you just can't because it's too like, for instance, I had what I like to refer to because I've heard all these people talking about these stories. They say when you cross over into that other realm, you get downloads of information. All the questions that you've had here as a human are answered because you're remembering who you are. And there was one time, I mean, I had a couple of these, but this was the most profound and it was 1993 and I just was sitting in the back of my grandparents' car. My grandmother had given me a ring and when I put the ring on, I just, I, it, it was a download of knowledge and it was just this understanding with no, like I had no question. I didn't, th I didn't hope for it to happen. I yeah. knew I was going to meet this guy and I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't see a picture. I didn't hear any voices, nothing. It was just, it was plopped into my brain. And the, and, and the only thing I can describe is that I knew that I was going to meet someone. And I remember like kind of smiling to myself and feeling really what, happy. Was about that Bob? It. No, this was, this was in oh. 93. I met Bob in 2015. So, but it, it, in 1993, when I was 24 years old, it was so fascinating because I have this, it was the, my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary and it was actually 30 years ago, June. And so wow. I, um, 
I remember like I I felt really euphoric and then I completely forgot about it because I was focused on the day and it was a big day in our family and then like three weeks to the day except this was a Saturday it was June 5th I won't go into it too much because I don't want to blab too much about myself but I just think this is fascinating because it was June 5th was the day that we had the party and that was on a Saturday so three weeks later on Friday I decide I want to go to remember the cat and the fiddle did you ever yeah. go there? So I oh, wanted to go yeah, there. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, in Hollywood. So I wanted to go there, and I don't know why, but I was just like, I got to go. I got to go to the Cat and Fiddle tonight, and I tried to find a friend that would go with me. I couldn't find any friend, and I was just like, I'm going to go by myself. I was on a freaking mission. It was like I was being ruled by the satellite. And yeah. so, but they carted you, and I knew they carted me. And for whatever reason, as I was starting to get ready, I thought, do I have my driver's license? And I looked, and I didn't. I couldn't find mm-hmm. my driver's license. And I'm like, I can't go. And so I was pissed. I was, I don't know why. Cause I was like, I have to go to the cat and fiddle. So I go <laughs> to bed and I'm laying in bed. I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. My, my license might've fallen out into the bathroom trash. Cause my purse was on the counter. Sure enough. I find my, my license and Saturday it's the same thing. I got to go to cat and fiddle. And so I was going to go by myself, but at yeah. the last minute, my mom and friend said, we'll go with you. So, uh, I go and then I see this guy, he's across the room and I didn't, he, his back was turned and I didn't see his face. But as soon as I saw him, I'm not even kidding. It was like I was struck by lightning and wow. I was, I was obsessed, obsessed. Like wow. I, I met him and it, it was funny because like within two minutes or one minute of us meeting, his friend looked at me and said, well, too bad for you because he's moving to South America in two weeks. And I, and I looked at him and I said, no, you can't move. You have to stay here and fall in love with me because you're my soulmate. <laughs> and I never said shit like that to men ever. And I mean, he just looked at me and he's like, really? And I'm like, yep. And we did have a relationship for like a year and a half. And I obsessed mm-hmm. over him for eight fucking years. But um, that's a whole nother story. But it was like I knew. And the weird thing was I had this premonition or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And there was something happening that kept me from going because if I would have gotten to the cat and fiddle on Friday, I wouldn't have met him. Oh, that's true. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've had things like that happen to me, but, um, wow. That is a wild story. Yeah. It's, it's the wildest one. I mean, my mom had one time she was going to LACC and she was working full time. So LA community college for those of you who don't know, yeah. but anyway, so, she was working full time and she was rushed, you know, like in a rush. She, she was going to classes. And so she parked, I believe it was on um, uh, on the busy street, whatever. I can't remember what street it's on, but it was a busy street. And she was walking to class and she had this vision in her head that her car was going to be bent in half. And, you know, but she's like, whatever, I'm late and I have to go. So she comes out. And she sees like a tow truck and a cop car. And it sure enough, her car was hit and it was bent in half, like A-shaped. And that was the only time she ever had any kind of premonition like that clearly. I mean, sometimes you get um, feelings. Yeah, yeah. but, But like for me, I've had feelings. You know, even with Bob, I had a feeling uh, about him. Even before he came into my life, I could feel that someone was going to come in, but I didn't know. I just kept, what I kept doing was I kept wanting to call my sister and tell her about this guy that I met, but there was no guy. And I'm like, why do I want to keep calling her? Because there's nobody. But it was like for months before I met him, I had that urge. I have to tell my sister. I have to tell my sister. But it's like, what? There's nothing to tell her. 
So it was weird, you know, but it was, that wasn't yeah. like a, that didn't feel like a premonition. That right, just right. felt different. But I mean, I, I'm so fascinated with um, the things that we can't see. You know, I'm just, I'm endlessly fascinated. And that's actually, I, 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 I've, I've thought about, you know, maybe incorporating another podcast or something, but I don't want to say everybody does the same shit. You know, if you go on YouTube, you can see all these people talking about their near death stories. I don't have anything new to offer. I've never had one. So I don't know what I would bring to the table. So I just like to kind of listen and I know, but I, I love hearing stories like that. That yeah. like, you know, it just goes to show you that like our minds, uh, you know, th th like we don't really know like yeah. what's out there and um you know, and, and have you been hearing about like that UFO thing? Which, well, kind of, which, what are you talking about? I, I think it was in like, uh, was it like outside Chicago, like this family call up 911 and they're like, oh, um, this uh, flying saucer just crashed in her backyard and they're like, there's eight foot tall guys out there. Oh and, my God, and the no. Did you hear about that? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, like, because, you know, like when you're here, the voice recording on a 911 call you can almost say like that sounds fake yeah it's just it's so real huh. and then um at the same time i guess like this dispatcher was like uh you know car 82 like respond to blah 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 and and you know and right before that cop car went there they were interviewing somebody about something and they had their their cameras on you know on their chest or whatever mm -hmm. and behind the person that they're talking to you see this light hmm. like coming down and they were like, what the heck was that? And then mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, when they get the call that like, oh, these people said like this flying saucer crashed in their backyard. They're like, holy shit, was that what we just saw? Wow. And they go there. And anyway, um, you know, like I don't see MSNBC saying anything about it, but like I know like what's that uh, news network that um, Chris Cuomo's on now? Like CNN. They were, oh, no, 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 no. News what Nation? Is, news Nation, right. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, my, you know, my girlfriend's daughter is, uh, she, like, she keeps sending me like all these video clips. So like, I've just been hearing more about it than I probably would if I were just watching the news. Cause I don't think like too much, all the news stations are reporting it, but of all the things like that I've heard, that one kind of sounded real for, hmm. I don't know, some weird reason. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I certainly, I leave myself open. I, I can't stand it when human beings decide that something isn't real because they just don't think it is. It's like, yeah, I don't, it, it, it like doesn't mean it is real. It just means like, I prefer to talk with people and be around people who just keep an open mind because, you yeah, know, yeah. there's, there, of course, there's always going to be charlatans and liars and, you know, people who lie about having a near death experience or lie about being psychic or whatever. Of course, right. there's going to be people who there in any profession, there's going to be that. But I don't think that just because there are a bunch of, you know, people out there who will steal money from you and pretend to, you know, tell you stuff doesn't mean every single person because I've had I mean, I had other stories in my life that will blow your mind and it's not a lot. But I've had a cop. There was one psychic that I knew that um, explained. Well, she did it twice where she didn't know anything about anything that was going on with me, because what I would like to do is I would call a psychic. I wouldn't see them in person. I had this oh. woman, I knew this woman, I, I, I talked to a girl and said, oh, I really wish I could find a good psychic. She's like, I know one. So I called her and, 
you know, obviously the psychics, if, if you're going to call someone more than once, which I obsessively called her because I always was calling in my 20s and 30s about men, but, um, you know, which men I, which man I liked or whatever. But yeah. um, I knew that, like, I didn't want to be, I didn't want them to bullshit me. And so I, I knew the best way to do it is before the reading, I would say, okay, I just want you, and I would, this woman's name was Pat, I'd say, I just want you to tell me what you see. And then I'll ask questions. So she didn't know anything that was going on in my life. And maybe I hadn't talked to her for a couple of months or whatever. And so she would just go off on this rant and she would just, and I would write everything down. And so like she, she gave me this description once of a scenario where I was going to meet this guy and she actually thought it was going to be having to do with acting. It wasn't acting, mm -hmm. but um, it turned out that it was a romantic situation. That was the only thing that got, she got wrong. She told me his initials, how I was going to meet him, who was going to introduce me to him, all this like really detailed stuff. And I couldn't have known because it was three months before I met him and I just could have never known that scenario was going to pop up. So when she said it to me, I wrote it down and it didn't really mean anything and I, yeah. I forgot it. And then I went back cause I met him in, in June and, um, and the initials were correct. And so after June, I read that I'm like, Oh my God, she, she called the whole thing, the whole <laughs> thing in detail. And so it's wow. like that, that isn't something you can fish out of someone, you know, you can't be like, Oh, I'm seeing an L and I'm seeing it. Oh I was just going to say the same thing. Like sometimes you don't feel I'm seeing a letter C. Right. Yeah, she didn't, yeah, she didn't like say it like that. She just, cause, cause then they're fishing and they're waiting right. for you to say, Oh yeah, my uncle Charlie or whatever it's going to be. Right, right. And it's like, she didn't do this. She's just like, okay, you're going to meet this man. Here's his initials. And, you know, it's going to be a short friend, a girl who's short and has short brown hair. She's going to introduce you and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, the girl who introduced me was short and had short brown hair. And, wow. it, and she didn't because I, I wanted to go out with him. And it was her boyfriend's friend. So I was like, could you let him know that I'm interested? And <laughs> the psychic lady told me she's not going to help me. That, but I'll figure it out on my own. And so that's exactly what happened. It was like she wouldn't help me. I kept asking her, please tell him I want to go out with him. And <laughs> she wouldn't do it. So I figured out where he lived and I sent him a, a little note. And then we started going out. Yeah, so, you also need a relationship podcast because you have a lot of relationship <laughs> stories. <laughs> I do. I, well, I've talked about them on my uh, patrons only show and I, I get into detail there, but yeah, I've, I've had some crazy experiences, but okay. I've kept you on for so long, but I do want to ask you, um, since you're an actor, I'm going to ask you the, the questionnaire that's on the inside of the actor studio. That's by Bernard Pivot. Although I know James Lipton altered it. So I'm giving you the James Lipton version wow. of these questions. So the nice. only, <laughs> the only rule here is just don't spend a lot of time thinking the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. So there's like 10 questions and they go pretty quick. Um, okay. What's your favorite word? Word? Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> What's your least favorite word? Least favorite word? <laughs> I don't know. I, I Sorry, blank. What about moist? Everyone hates that word. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. That, if if I would have saw that, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So, what conceptually speaking, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Wow. Yeah. Um, well, did you say artistically? 
Well, creatively. Yeah, creatively. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I uh, just recently, not not so recently, but like during COVID, I, I wrote a screenplay. Oh wow! You know, and uh, I, and I had never written a screenplay before, and I I wrote this screenplay, and then I uh, I wrote a novel. Wow. you know, that goes with the screenplay, mm-hmm. you know, and I had that published already. And uh, so I, I think like for me, uh, sometimes like I'll get like a script to read and it's not like, hey, Bruno, like we're casting this big movie. Uh, we want you to, you know, here's the script. Like I, I'm not like one of those people that they uh, get mailed scripts to, but like, right. you know, sometimes like just audition for like a mm-hmm. role and like I'm reading this role and I'm just like, like things like that, like great writing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, yeah. Okay. So then what turns you off? Oh, uh, you know, I would say if anything, the casting, um, uh, you know, the way things work now we're uh, in Hollywood because uh, again, because of COVID, like we used to go into these offices, yeah. you know, casting offices and actually like audition in person. And mm-hmm. what turns me off now is like, self-tapes anything about that but like you know you got to do all these self-tapes and it's just like i don't know it seems like where they would maybe see like 20 to 40 guys for like a role Mm -hmm. and they see you in person and maybe Mm -hmm. they give you feedback and they're like hey bruno do it like this we're now like you just got to do this tape and send it in with hundreds of others i i don't like that i don't blame you yeah i've seen kirk acevedo complaining about that and i would hate it too yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, now you're going to laugh at this one. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> yeah. So I guess going back to the, the fuck thing, uh, you know, it's, yeah, something about that word. It's just, uh, it just works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Jersey. So like, uh, and I, and I was in the Navy. So like, yeah, I think fuck, you know, I mean, everybody says fuck, everybody but it's just, fuck. I don't know. Yeah. And I think like when you ask somebody that, that's probably a nine out of 10 are going to say a, that. It's no? a strong one. Yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. Um, okay. So what sound or noise do you love? What sound? Yeah. Sound or noise. Oh, I would say like, uh, like, um, okay. So I don't know about you, but like, I can't go to sleep in silence. Me neither. So I got a sound machine. <laughs> what what, what does it play? It, it's it's really just um. Yeah. That. Wow. I have to have it. I, like I, I can't too. like silence. I won't be able to sleep. Me neither. Um, yeah. I, ha- I have two fans going in my room when I sleep. Oh yeah, I used to use the fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I have to. Okay. So what sound or noise do you hate? You know when you're outside in the wilderness sometimes and like that nonstop cricket sound? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Attempt? Yes. Uh, I think being like a, an artist, you know, an artist that like draws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like I uh that to me like seems like so relaxing and so um you know I, I know people that have like artistic ability yeah. and uh and when I see the work that they do and like to put that on the like, kind of canvas and to, like make a living doing that mm-hmm. like that would be ideal 
I'm going to have to introduce you. But I don't, you. I don't have any artistic talent. So. I'm going to have to introduce you to my friend, Adam. He's fucking awesome. He's been on the show before. I'm going to send you some of his stuff when the show is over. Okay. Um, what okay. what profession would you not like to do? Uh, yeah, I, I would not uh, be good in a profession where I, you know, start my day in an office. Yeah. Like, me I, I, I would never be an office person. <laughs> me uh, I've always, like, had jobs where... Uh, you know, well, yeah, I was an iron worker, you know, like just doing physical stuff yeah. or, you know, of course, uh, acting I love, but yeah, like to show up to an office every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be fun for me either. Okay. So last question, if, he- if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, Hey Bruno, you know, <laughs> You you did you did pretty good. You Aww. you lived a pretty good life. You made uh you know, you helped people, you made some people laugh. Uh yeah. you're a nice guy. <laughs> you are. That, and you do make I people think, laugh. <laughs> you know, I I bet you feel the same as me, like, you know, about like Twitter. The one thing I do I gotta say about Twitter, like, you know, I've been on there for I don't even know now, like maybe has it been 10 years? I have yeah. no idea. Maybe seven, <laughs> whatever it's been. But I met so many, mm-hmm. of course, you included, so many like wonderful people Yeah, that have never met me. And like uh, they feel and, and some and I feel too, like to so many of them, like, you know, like this bond mm-hmm. and uh, like they'll be like, hey, Bruno, but, but like people I've never met. Like, yes. but I feel like I know them because we, we communicate, you know, like. Mm-hmm on a weekly or monthly or sometimes even a yearly, you know, uh, basis. And yeah, I, that the one thing I got to say about Twitter where it would be tough to leave because like, I just felt like I'd met so many wonderful people. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, the last year in October, um, Bob does his show with on Thursdays with Jody Hamilton. That's Carol Burnett's daughter. And, Uh um, and then she's friends with Amanda Wiss who, I don't know if you know who she is, but she was the the blonde in Better Off Dead, and she was also in um, oh, what do you call it? Wait, Better Off Dead. Yeah, with John Cusack. That's like I think her most oh, famous role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so yeah. she, so they're friends, and she, so she had said to Amanda, you know, oh, you know, or she told me, she's like, you should have Amanda on your show. So $2. I had, I had, yes, I had Amanda <laughs> on my show, and then we kind of hit it off. And then I guess, you know, Bob and I didn't realize this, but Jody, I mean, they're friends. Bob and Jody are like true friends. They had met before. But um, I think uh, Jody had said to Amanda, hey, let's go visit Bob and Kimberly. And so last October, they just literally came here one day. They spent the whole day. We had dinner. We had fun. And it was like, oh, my God. And and I, Bob and I thought that they came for another reason and that they were going to come and have dinner with us. But the whole reason they came was just for us. And it was like, uh-huh. and again, it's like, you know, t- yes, he already knew Jody, but still like Amanda and I had only basically known each other because of Twitter and because of this show. And it's so yeah. funny. And Bob and I, we didn't meet on Twitter, but we met on social media. And like now we're, it's been eight years. And so it's funny because that's one of the wonderful things about the social media situation, even though there's a lot to be desired. Um, yeah. These relationships that we form. I mean, I remember Billy Baldwin was saying, you know, he tweeted about this and he talked about this on my show that um, there are people that he feels closer to on Twitter than like in his real life. You know, isn't that crazy? It is. 
It's crazy. I, I just got to tell you a real quick story. Yeah. Uh, and I, I posted it just like maybe a week or two ago, but um, um, Peter Fonda. Yes. He, so, you know, we were, you know, friends on Twitter. I mean, I, you know, I never met him in person, but yeah. I remember, you know, I, I forget if I was tweeting about my father being a World War II veteran and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden one day, you know, of course, he's been gone a couple of years now. Uh, Peter Fonda, like he passed away, I think, two years ago or something. Yeah. Um, he uh, he DM'd me wow. and he was telling me all about his dad, Peter Fonda. Like, you know, hey, my dad was in, the, you know, because I was in the Navy. Yeah. He goes, oh, my dad was a lieutenant in the Navy and he always wanted to be blah, blah, blah. And like uh, and then now I have a love of being on the water because I own my own uh, skip or whatever they call it, like mm -hmm. some, some kind of boat, whatever, like 15 footer. I forget what he was saying, but like, and I was just like, wow, like what a small world, like yeah. Peter Fonda, like to reach out to me just to, t to brag about his father, because right. I guess I was bragging about my father and mm -hmm. he was like, you know, saying, yeah, my father too. Like, you know, these guys like back in world war two, like they, um, you know, uh, different generation back then, but yeah, yeah it's just it's so cool. It is. It is cool. I mean, that I will say this, being able to talk to people like Mark Hamill, I mean, it is like, it's so awesome. And it's not like, you know, I'm talking to Mark Hamill every day and I'm not, but I will right. say that, you know, my dad, it's funny. One real quick story too. My dad was an ABC news cameraman. And so at some point, he was he was um, filming every it was Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill. And, yeah. so, you know, this was back in the 70s. And so he, he thought it was awesome and all that. So cut to 20, I believe it was 2020 and he had a heart attack. And um. so I tweeted about him having a heart attack. And I think Mark Hamill either liked it or, or, or he said something to me, something sweet. And so I told my father, I'm like, Mark Hamill, you know, uh, said something nice about you. And I'm like, Luke Skywalker, dad. <laughs> and so my dad was so happy. So I, I basically got Mark Hamill to follow me. Um, I asked him to follow me and he did. Yeah. So he follows Bob and he's friendly with Bob. But so I, I sent him a message and I just said, look, I'm not expecting I don't expect a reply. But I just wanted to tell you that it really did make my father happy to know that you wished him well or whatever and then you know I, I he said something back to me and it was very sweet and very yeah. short but it's like oh my yeah. god that's so cool <laughs> I, I, yeah no i know it, 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 it and to me like i always say like that it's such a small world but it like I, yeah the same i mean i remember gosh i was like a i forget like a junior in high school or something we went to see star wars and now like to you know and i, I met know. mark uh it was at um ed asner's 90th birthday party wow and and i got to like say hey man like i don't know if you know who i am but like i i follow you on twitter and blah, blah, blah. like he's such a nice guy yeah. yeah 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 and i mean so many and another thing too kimberly like why i love being an actor is because i gotta say 99 percent of all the people i've ever met or that i know are like in the business kind of you know politically <laughs> they're liberal yeah <laughs> yeah but like to me like they're good people and yes. like you know yeah there's a few that we we all know about and it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. you know whenever i hear like these maggot people saying oh we're not gonna watch bubba bunny right. anymore because good. uh he spoke out about trump 
And it's like, there's what do you got left? Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you gonna watch? <laughs> like, uh, it's Charles in Charge, Silver Spoons, uh, uh, old Kid Rock video. That's it. No. <laughs> That's it. You're done. And see, I mean, you could look at somebody like um, Clint Eastwood. You know, I mean, I know he's conservative yeah. and he pissed everybody off talking to that empty chair. But I still fucking love Clint Eastwood movies. I'm always going to love Clint yeah. Eastwood movies. And I don't care. I mean, I don't agree with his politics, but he's not like MAGA. So it's, it's, no, it's hard no, when they're yeah. MAGA. But, you know, there's conservative actors out there that I like. I love Gary Sinise. And, you know, there's just, there's a yeah. bunch of them yeah. out there. that Yeah, I really no, like. totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally hear you know, what you're but, saying. But yeah. I mean, the the ones I was mentioning, like you know, I'm talking about the I hardcore. Know. Yes, uh, you know, <laughs> Scott Bayo. Yeah, fucking Scott Bayo is he's not even an actor; he's just an asshole. And 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 the last thing I'm going to say though is the one, the worst one that I ever met was um, Vince Vaughn. He he was the and he's a libertarian who was like friendly toward yeah. Trump or something so that's not surprising and he was such a dick to me and I'll quickly tell the story because I will always tell the story because he was such a dick but when <laughs> I when I was younger I mean I was probably about I don't know 28 or something like that it was whenever yeah. so swingers swingers was out but I hadn't seen it I'm trying to remember no 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 okay at this point it had not been out so I used to go to the derby not the brown derby but the derby that was on um, Hillhurst do you know what I'm talking about not not really. Well, it was just, it was very popular back then in the 90s and it was like a swing club and um so Vince was there all the time and he was not famous. And he's tall, you know. He's like I'm tall, he's tall. Yeah. And he was cute. Yeah. He was very cute back then. And so it was funny because the doorman saw me like gawking at Vince and he just comes over and he goes, his name is Vince. And he said it like that because he wanted to go out with me. But um, he's like, his name is Vince. So I would just look at him from afar and think, oh my God, he's so cute. And so finally one night my friend got so sick of me just like swooning over him. So she calls him over. She's like, hey, Vince, come here. So he comes over and we're both sitting at the bar and our backs are toward the bar. So she's like, so Vince, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, I can't even speak. I can't even speak because I was so in love with him. And she, she, and so he goes, I'm an actor. And she goes, what a coincidence. So is Kimberly. And then she'd ask another question. What a coincidence. So is Kimberly. So he finally understands and he gets right up. He puts his either on either side of me. He grabs the bar. So he gets like, he's going to kiss me. He gets right up to my face and he goes, oh, I get it. You like me. And then he walked away. What an Whoa. asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh you, God. Vince Vaughn. <laughs> wow. Well, Just you a know, I know. Jerk. Yeah, he uh, politically. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what his stance is, but you know, I did work with him. Oh yeah. How was how was that experience? I know we keep saying we're going to hang out, but we will in a second. But I just need to know how was that experience? I gotta say, he was a really nice guy. I mean, I worked with him and Owen Wilson on this show, uh, on this show, on this movie, right. The Internship. Yeah. And uh, he was really a good guy, even though I know, believe me, over the years, I've seen like things with him. And uh, but I can't say nothing bad, even though no, that's fine. I'm, you don't have I'm, to. I'm shocked that he would dare do that to you. How dare he? But I mean, I got to admit, like that movie Swingers is literally like my life. Then I was living the female version of it. We went to the same parties. We went to the same bars. And 
and it, I love that movie. I just watched it recently with my mother yeah. because she was, kind, I mean, at the time she was in her forties. And so every once in a while she'd show up, you know, we would go to the, to the Derby or something like that. So she might go with me and my girlfriend and she had uh, seen cool. this and she told me, she's like, he's not going to age well. And she was right. So haha. But um, <laughs> <laughs> she told me back then. And it was so funny though. Cause she's like, I never thought he was cute. And then so when we were watching, um, recently, I think it was like within this last year, we were watching Swingers, and I'm like, "Look at him, mom!" I'm like, T- "Give me a fucking break! He was cute." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, he was cute." I'm like, "She's like, but I'm right because he looks like shit now, haha!" Oh but, my um, god, he was he was very good in Swingers, although I think he was literally playing himself. But he was very funny, and I will yeah, give him yeah, that. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed that movie. I still enjoy that movie. I just it was my experience was not great with him because he was up his own ass. And you I know, know does that suck? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but hey, it's a good story, and I get to say fuck no, you. No, it's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, here I was worried. I'm like, oh my god, am I going to have enough to fill an hour? And we're like, we just keep coming up with more stories. But um, I so know. I'm, I'm I know, yeah. We, we <laughs> has it been an hour? It's been an hour and a half. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so wow. I'm gonna let you go. But oh my god, I love talking to you. That see, that's what I'm talking about. I want to have shows like this where it's just fun, where I talk to people and we just talk about whatever because it's a nice break. And while we were talking, Trump's been arranged. So I'm just going to have to go find out all that information. And oh, yeah. what I, I know. Like, I, so I, my TV screen, I'm looking at a blank <laughs> TV screen and like, I can't wait to see again. Yes. Like I'm filled with like a little, a speck, a speck, um, Kimberly of hope. That's yes. it. I know I got it too I got the hope keep that optimistic attitude it's better than holding on to the negative so um okay before I let you go tell everybody where to find you we yeah, know it's Twitter. I mean, I'm easy to find. I mean, <laughs> if you Google Bruno Amato, I mean we're, uh, you know I'm on Twitter mostly and Instagram and that's really like I I don't know about you like I gave up Facebook like seven years ago I couldn't deal with it you know because <laughs> of the whole you. Uh, a lot of people like from back home, Yes, uh, you know, we're all Trump people. I, I just couldn't l- look at that nonsense. And right. I, so, you know, a lot of people would say, Hey Bruno, why'd you unfollow me on Facebook? I'm like, dude, I left Facebook seven years ago. Like, I, I didn't unfollow <laughs> anybody, but anyway, I get So that's where you can find me. And my phone number, if anybody wants to call me is three, two, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, is he really going to give his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also I'm author Kimberly on Twitter. I'm Kim and it's L-U-I and then I'm Kimberly Johnson on Spoutable. You know, buy my books on Amazon. Uh, Bruno, I just adore you. I love talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing some time with me. Kimberly, you're the best. You are the best. I'm so happy that you asked me to come on your show again. I I love talking to you. Well, the, the feeling is mutual, and I'm sure I'll ask again. So you have a lovely day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, Kimberly. Bye.